You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. Welcome down to Sacks in the Basement. My name is Chris Lanuti. Pull up a stool in my nine-foot homemade oak bar and pour yourself a cold one. Or just pour one where you're at right now. Sacks in the Basement getting ready to celebrate their official two-year anniversary. And who knows, maybe it will be with Major League Baseball coming back. But until then, we've got treats for you today. The first one is the White Sox at 26-16. and 16, Ten games over 500 as they enter action today. On the 13th of May, going up against the 22-20 San Diego Padres and trying to sweep and then head back home to Toronto. I have heard inside knowledge that a roster move is going to be announced at the end of this game. We'll have that for you. And also joining us from Future Sox and Southside Hit Pen, the man, the myth, the legend, White Sox beat reporter James Fox will be joining us starting in the Family Waterproofing Solutions third inning. We're going to be talking about MLB and MLBPA, the negotiations and what he thinks may happen, and about major changes to the MLB draft this year. All of that, and Dylan Cease takes the mound today, 4-1, and one, and possibly the hottest pitcher on the staff. It's all brought to you by Cork and Carry at the Park at the corner of 33rd and Princeton. Support a great Southside tradition by ordering right now through Grubhub or direct at CorkandCarryAtThePark.com. Without further ado, Game 3 of a three-game set. Get the brooms out. Hopefully we sweep them away and head back to the plane. Socks, Padres, next. Petco Park in beautiful San Diego, California. The end of a six-game West Coast road trip. Happens today for the Chicago White Sox as the 26-16 White Sox go for the sweep against the 22-20 San Diego Padres. Hello everybody, my name is Chris Lanuti, one half of Sox in the basement, and Joey Lucchese will take the mound today. This is his ninth start so far, 5-2 with a 2.72 earned run average. Over 49 and two-thirds innings, a whip of 1.29 with 47 strikeouts. He's given up 48 hits so far on the season. The lefty stands in, and we have an interesting lineup as after a long road trip in the middle of a stretch where the White Sox don't get time off until Monday, there's going to be some substitutions. We'll get through them as quick as we can. First of all, Leary Garcia steps up and takes pitch number one for a ball outside, and we're underway. Garcia is playing short today for Tim Anderson, offers at an outside changeup. 75 degrees today, six mile an hour winds blowing in from center field, clear skies. He checked that up, 2 0 the count. Lucchese into the wind. Garcia sends this one out in the shallow right field. Catch will be made coming in is the right fielder Myers, and there's one gone. Garcia is going to end up playing short today, and Danny Mendick's going to play third, so Anderson and Moncada will be out of this game. Abreu, who originally was going to take a seat, so Edwin Encarnacion could get some work. He's still going to end up starting at first. Mandrigal is your second baseman who has been on fire as of late. Average up to 260. Had another great game yesterday in the two spot. So he's back there again today. Hitting in front of Abreu. He's hitting 437. Seven for his last 16. That's over a span of six games. 
He's 0-1, though, here with one out in the top of the first inning. James Fox from Future Socks, who has been on this show so many times over the last few years, and we love having him on. He's one of the best guys in the business, not only for knowing a lot of things going on on the inside with the White Sox. He was ahead on the signing of Luis Robert to the extended deal. He was out there in front with the Aloy Jimenez one. He has a pretty good grasp on what's going on with the organization. We're going to talk to him today as Mandrigal follows this one off down the first baseline. 0-2 the count to Nick. Into the wind is a lefty. Outside sinker misses 1-2. There was a different draft this year, and if they're going to play, it's going to be a very different season. We're going to talk about the proposal and the likelihood that it could actually happen with James in a few innings. 2-2 two two the count now, the pitch. Swung on and sent down the first baseline. Mandrigal remains even in the count with one out here on the top of the first. On a beautiful day as we get ready to head back home. Fouls back a changeup, two and two. The count remains. Toronto waits for us and possibly the promotion of one Michael Kopech. Fouls another one back. Mandrigal now having a heck of an at-bat. Hanging in there. Count still remains even at two. He is fighting off a lot of low outside pitches. Let's see where Lucchese goes here. He misses outside on a sinker. Three and two. This kid is quickly becoming a tough out. Full count now with Abreu on deck. Swung on and fouled back. He continues to hang in. That a 77 mile an hour curveball. He has seen the entire repertoire. And now pops one off above the dugout. It's gonna get out of play and hit the screen above the first base dugout. Count remains full in another pitch. Ripped out in the left field if it gets down. No, a nice play made out there. He almost pulls it off. Tommy Pham comes in in left field and makes an excellent running catch. Madrigal gets the starting pitcher to 15 pitches here in the first inning. And a very long at bat, and Jose Abreu comes up hitting 272. He was 0 for 4 last night before he got a hit, getting him back above 270. That was the first time he had dipped below there since the opening week of the season. He's 1 0 here in the count. He sends this one on a slow roller to second base. Picked up on the two hop as it skipped as the grass met the dirt. Sent over to first, and there's three gone. Sacks go down 1-2-3 to start the game. We go to the bottom of the first. No score here in San Diego. Dylan Cease, eight starts, four and one, 3.59 ERA. 47 and two-thirds innings with a 1.30 whip. That's 45 hits to 17 walks and 43 strikeouts. And if you remember, early on in the season, that ERA was up in the six or seven area. That whip was almost at a two. He has been white hot as of late. And a lot of it has been because of the catcher behind the plate, Yasmani Grandal. Although the last start was with James McCann, and he did well. A high four-seamer just misses on the outside corner, 1-0 the count. Abreu's at first, Mandrigal at second. Larry Garcia's at short. Danny Mendix at third. Aloya Menez returns to the lineup in left. Luis Roberts in center. And in right field, Adam Engel today. Low outside slider, 2-0 the count. It has been a full team effort. This entire series, this entire road trip. And Ricky Renteria hasn't had to worry about giving his players rest. As the guys who come in from the bench 
have been effective. Right away, a single out in the center field, so the first man is on against Cease. We haven't seen that in a long time. He's generally been unhittable in the early innings. So Lagaris, the center fielder, gets on. Here's a guy who hasn't gotten very many hits this entire series. Now Eric Hosmer is batting in the two spot with 18 RBI, six home runs, a 283 average. Came in late in last night's game. Started game one. He's got a runner on first with no outs. First pitch is going to get in between Mandrigal and Abreu out in the right field. Engel's going to toss it in. Two on, no outs here in the bottom of the first inning. Lucas Giolito and Dallas Keuchel held down these Padres in the early innings. But for the first time all series, they are on fire right off the bat. And Tommy Pham comes up hitting 296 and immediately puts one into the left center field gap that's going to roll to the wall. One run is in. Next run is going to round third as Robert gets it into the cutoff. Madrigal, he will hold. Hosmer's on third. Pham's on second with his ninth double of the season. Three straight hits given up in the last three pitches from Dylan Cease. And with no outs, the Sox are already trailing by a run. We saw the White Sox have a similar start from Inaldo Lopez in San Francisco. He gave up five runs in the first inning and didn't get an out until all five had crossed the plate. Hopefully we're not seeing a trend on day three going for sweeps. As a four-seam fastball is ripped down the third base line, 0-1. Fernando Tatis Jr. stands in, hitting 259 in the four spot. He's got two runners in scoring position. A slider drops out below the knees, 1-1 one one the count. Next offering hits the corner high and outside, 1-2 and two from Cease. Dylan not accustomed to a rough first inning over the last month. Has to find a way to work through it. Rondell will try to get him along. This one's popped up. Garcia's going to come in on the grass and call off everybody. And he will take that for the first out of the inning. So here comes Machado. 301 average, 8 home runs, 31 RBIs. Getting on base at a 386 clip. He leads the Padres in average in several other statistical categories. He's got one out. And runners at second and third. Cease looks in for the pitch. Checks the runners. And to the plate he goes. First pitch across a slider on the inside corner. About waist high. 0-1 the count. The next offering. Down the middle a slider. Machado does not swing. 0-2. So, so far, he's off balance. Good pitchers count here for Cease. The pitch. Outside for Seamer. You saw Grandal try to pull it back across and frame that on the outside corner. The umpire did not fall for it. One and two, the count. Remember, all of these games are recapped by SoxOn35th.com, and at the end of every series, they put up the stats for the team so you can keep track of everything. Box scores, though, every time we do a game right afterwards. You can go check it out and immerse yourself in this simulated season. The count is even at two as a fastball misses inside. The pitch from Cease in the dirt, blocked by Grandal. Count is full with Will Meyer standing on deck. 
sees to the plate, misses inside and low on a four-seam fastball. Machado, who is 0-2 in the count, gets a free pass on four straight balls from Dylan Cease, and he's in trouble now. Will Myers is going to come out, and Don Cooper is going to come out and talk to his pitcher. Early in the game, but you want to make sure everybody's on the same page here. You don't want it to get out of hand. Although this White Sox offense can easily overcome a couple run deficits. You don't want to get down by a bunch. So I'm sure the message is try to get a ground ball, maybe get a double play. Make sure you at least get the second out, even if a run is going to score. Keep the ball on the ground. Coop heads back to the dugout. The infield get back to their positions. Grandal with the sign behind the plate and the pitch from Cease to the righty Myers is low and outside. 1-0. Myers tied for third in the National League with 12 doubles. Sends this one out to the left center field gap. Coming over is Robert. Looks like he's going to get there. He will. The runner's going to score from third easily as he was on the run back towards the wall when he made the catch. Fam. Goes second to third. It's a single for Myers. So first and third now with two outs, and Brian Dozier will come up. 172 average, but six home runs so far for the righty. Batting in the seventh spot today. A low outside fastball hits the zone, 0-1 the count. He's got 198 career home runs at this point. The pitch. Inside, and he hit him right on the rear end as he turned away. So one gets away from Cease, and he's got the bases loaded again. He didn't want to throw that. Lost his grip on it. Doesn't benefit him at all. There was no beef there. So an unfortunate set of circumstances as Cease has now loaded the bases for the second time in this inning. Already trailing 2 to nothing. Change up inside. Ball one. Now a four-seam fastball gets across one and one the count. Next offering ripped down the first baseline, hooking foul one and two to Francisco Mejia, the catcher. Now he pops one up down the third baseline. Garcia in foul territory, dies for it and cannot make the play as it was going over his head, tailing away. Mejia will get another chance. And swings and misses at a four-seam fastball. Up and away. Cease gets out of the inning. He's lucky to only give up two runs after having a disastrous start to this game. We go to the top of the second, trailing two to nothing. Yasmani Grandal comes to the plate, and the man has been nothing less than white hot. He's got 34 RBIs and 12 home runs to go with his 290 average. Look back a month ago, he was at the Mendoza line, showing no power and struggling mightily. Now, he's been doing a lot better from the left side of the plate. He's on the right side of the plate today against the starter for the Padres and an inside changeup low taken for a strike. He's tied for seventh in the American League with those 34 RBIs. And now grounds this one in the right field in between first and second base. A seeing-eye single is both Hasmer and his counterpart at second base could not get their gloves on it, and they were close. Bounces about three, four times in the infield before it gets out. Into right field for the base hit. So Grandal leads off the inning and gets on base. 
And up comes Jimenez, who used to lead this team in RBI until yesterday. He only has 33 now. Both of them are on the top 10 list in the American League. Jimenez sitting in ninth. Grandal sitting in seventh with the most RBIs in the American League. First pitch ripped out in the center field for a base hit. Grandal's going to get over to second and hold. Ball comes in quickly. So back-to-back singles by the White Sox. Jimenez on first, Grandal on second, and Adam Ingle comes to the plate. Hitting 356 in limited action. Hit his third home run yesterday, a solo shot. And also picked up two RBIs in that game yesterday. He has 10 now total. He's slugging 576 at this point in the season. Not being overused, but showing he has great value defensively with speed. And he's got some pop in the bat this year. Especially against lefties. And that's what he's got on the mound right now with no outs here in the top of the second. First pitch outside, cut fastball high, taken for a ball. Next offering is fouled back, change up low at the knees. One and one the count to angle. No outs, top of the second, two on for the Sox, trailing by two. Swung on and missed, the change up low and away, he was way over the top of it. And an ugly swing. Quickly a pitcher's count. Next one in the same spot, Angle couldn't get it. He realized that he was awkward going for that pitch, so he went right back there again, and Adam Angle's the first strikeout victim for Joey Lucchese. Danny Mendix hitting 244. Stands in and takes a changeup low and inside. 0-1 the count. One out now here in the top of the second. Now a low inside sinker, 1-1. One Rondal leads off a second. And check the runner and come to the plate. Right down the middle, a sinker. Mendick couldn't get the bat off his shoulder. One and two. Now he fouls off a sinker down the first base line. Count remains one and two. The eight hitter, Robert, stands on deck. Swung on and sent up the middle. A nice play at second base. He's going to touch the bag, flip and throw it on a spin over to first. Unassisted double play. Well, with the exception of the first baseman. Midway through to second, San Diego still leads two to nothing. Joey Lucchese hitting 0-53. The left-handed pitcher is also a left-handed hitter. And he will lead off for the Padres. Takes a four-seam fastball down the middle for a strike. Cease needed 24 pitches to give up two runs in the first. Not a clean start for him, and he hopefully will be able to turn it around. This one's fouled off down the third base line, 0-2 the count. We'll be talking to James Fox in the next half inning from Future Sox. As that swung on and missed, and three pitches, and the second strikeout for Dylan Cease of the game. James Fox from Future Sox and Southside Hitpen. The man can write, and he gets scoops. The national guys have started to take notice. We had him on here years ago, and we are lucky to have such a great relationship with a good guy. Comes on and talks to us here all the time on Sox in the Basement. Juan Lagares, the center fielder, takes a strike low and inside, 0-1. He had a single in the first inning and scored the first run of the game. It's a batting average under 200. As Cease into the wind, throws inside where his catcher set up, 0-2 on a strike that hits the corner. This is one of the acquisitions the Padres made in the offseason. 
There's a low inside for Seymour. Misses one and two out there for defense and center field. But not really bringing the bat at this point. A high four Seymour misses now two and two. We've seen Cease get 0 and 2 and then start nibbling. He misses outside on a curveball, 3 and 2. So the Padres must have something written in a book somewhere that says that once Dylan Cease gets you 0 2 or 1 2, he won't throw another strike. He tries to get you to get yourself out. So just stand up there, and that's what they're doing. Very patient. Now he comes into the zone. It's fouled off down the third base line. Count is full. Cease into the line in the pitch. Swung on and missed over the top of a four-seam fastball. Third strikeout for Cease, second of the inning. Eric Hosmer will come to the plate now. Hosmer also had a single and ended up scoring the second run of this game. He's the two-hitter today. First time we've seen him in that spot. In the left, he takes a slider low below the knees. 1-0 the count. The name of the game for Cease has been efficiency for his last four or five starts, but he's already up to 35 pitches here with two outs in the bottom of the second. It's a changeup across on the outside corner. One and one. Into the line quickly. Dillon throws one almost in the dirt. A four-seamer in at the shoelaces. Two and one the count. Rondell sets up outside. He goes right to the glove, doesn't get the call. Three and one on an outside fastball with Tommy Pham on deck. Coming off a double that scored a run for his team in the first inning. He walked him for Seamer. Just too low. Another free pass issued by Dylan Cease. He's got some location issues today, and you don't always have it. And this is why rookie pitchers or a guy who maybe pitched for a half a season last year and is trying to improve, when you're a young pitcher, you got to figure out how to be good when you don't have your best stuff. We've seen guys like Dallas Keuchel do that this season where they don't have their best stuff and they fight through it. The young guys have a hard time. Gets in their head. And it's probably something that has to be learned by Cease at this point in his career. So a good test for him is that one just misses low and inside. 1-0 the count to Pham. The righty stands in with two outs and a runner on first. Who doesn't have a lot of speed. The pitch. Misses low again on the four-seamer. 2-0. So many fastballs. Not in the zone. Either Dylan thinks the zone is someplace else. Or his location is off. Four-seamer down the middle. 2-1. Looks in, gets the sign, and delivers. Swung on and sent over to second base. Mandrigal will flip over to first. And they're out of the inning. So a little shaky. Still not uh, issuing as many strikes as he is balls, it feels like. But Dylan Cease is through two, trailing two to nothing. You're in the family waterproofing third inning. Family waterproofing solutions located on the southwest side. Services everything, basically, in northern Illinois and in northwest Indiana free estimates you can even do over video feed with them. Low prices, socks in the basement deals, veteran-owned, female-owned, family-owned. Details coming up halfway through the inning to tell you all about them. 
Make sure you get those details, and if you have any issues at all in your basement from a sump pump to something with your window wells to maybe a crack or something that doesn't look right, you might as well reach out to our good friends there at Family Waterproofing Solutions. Luis Roberts steps in and is quickly one and two, and let's get to our guest. James Fox is going to join us for a little while here on the broadcast. James is from Future Sox and Southside Hit Pen. As Lucchese goes into the wine and the lefty throws one in the dirt, two and two to Robert. James, there's a lot of things we could talk about right now. I want to get to a bunch. Let's start with something I've seen you getting upset with on Twitter already, so I already know what you're going to say. The MLB draft this year, in the middle of a pandemic, the owners seem to be taking advantage of something, only going five rounds with weird restrictions. As Lucchese goes into the line on a 3-2 Robert, and he fouls one off, and here's the weirdest of the restrictions. After the five rounds, it's something like $20,000 these guys have to sign for or nothing? As Robert walks down to first base, tell us about it. Yeah, pretty much. It's really bad. So, I mean, before, you know, if you went undrafted, you were getting 125k. But even, like, if you went in rounds 10 through 40, teams could pay you 125k without it counting against your bonus pool. So, like, a bunch of those juniors would just, like, you know, they'd take 125k and they'd go play baseball. Well, now, they're not going to play. A lot of guys aren't going to play for $20,000. So, just, you know, decide to, like, you know, go be an accountant or go do whatever, like, their college major was. So, that's, like, one area of this. The top players um, in the class, like, if you were to go to MLB Pipeline or Baseball America or whatever, look at your top guys, draft eligible, they're all still going to go. They're all still going to sign. Um, but the but the problem is you're adding 160 players in this year's draft. Last year there was over 1,200 drafted. As Robert takes off running to second base, throw down, he is safe on second. So he advances. Dylan Cease currently sitting one and one. I don't know what that pitch was called. We're going to take a quick look here, James. I'm going to let you get back to your point. Count is currently one and two for Cease with Robert now on second base. Let's see what happens here with this pitch. Inside strike taken. Cease goes down. The runner's on second, and Robert has one out. And Larry Garcia comes to the plate. Please continue, my friend. You know, we can get into it further, like who it hurts the most, who it benefits the most. Basically, Major League Baseball, you know, has decided to cut money. They've said that, like, not spending on the draft this year will allow them to not, like, fire and furlough employees. You know, I don't really know how much of that you can believe. But, look, the Major League Players Association who we'll get to later, they, they basically, like, sold their future members down the river here a little bit. Like, you know, they told the owners, oh, there has to be a draft. It's in the, it's in the CBA. And the owners were like, oh, okay, well, we're going to do this to it. And the players were like, okay, cool. Like, they, they didn't care. So, you know, like, it, 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 the, more, the most puzzling part about this thing is, is that, you know, the draft is like the lifeblood of an organization. And if you draft, like, one stud player, like your entire draft is worth it. And, you know, some of these short-sighted owners, like, don't really see it that way and they don't care. So, you know, like, yeah, it's a, it's a big problem. Garcia sends one over to second base. It does not get through the hole. He's out on the throw over to first. Robert advances 90 feet. There's two outs here in the top of the third inning. So, James, was there any resistance in the front offices? Because you have to imagine there are certain GMs that really like to do a deep dive in this draft, and they can't do that now, right? Mandrigal lifts the next pitch out in the left field. That's a base hit, and Luis Robert comes home and scores. Nick Mandrigal's been red hot, James, just absolutely red hot. Now, he's a high-up draft pick, but you're talking about a lot of guys that aren't going to get picked later on. 
in the draft as Abreu comes up and what happens to them and what are their options and whether or not it screws up teams that were waiting to get those guys later on in the draft. Oh, yeah, teams are pissed. Like, you know, I mean, that, like, uh, scouting departments have been working, like, all year for this draft, and now they get five players. Like, imagine if you were, you know, working for the Orioles or working for the Tigers, and you're in a full-fledged rebuild right now, and you're going to get, like, six players, because those teams both have uh, compensation picks, I think, so they get six players instead of five. But, like, the New York Yankees this year have three, they have three players in the draft, because they gave up you know, they gave up two picks to sign Garrett Cole. So you get three players. Like, that's crazy. So, yeah, I mean, there, there was a lot of pushback. Like, the players wanted more. The owners or the, uh, the front offices wanted more. As Abreu walks on a 3-1 pitch, and he'll head down to second base. So now, through this inning, Lucchese has thrown 24 pitches, 12 strikes, 12 balls. He has given up a run with two outs to Nick Mandrigal, who gets a base hit and drives in Robert. And now Grandal comes up, who's been red hot, and Padres fans know him. He came in and pinch hit a three-run homer last night that was a huge hit and really put the game out of reach. He's on a seven-game hit streak as he fouls this one off down the third base line, 0-1 the count. And then an outside changeup misses at 77 miles an hour, 1-1. One one. James, if you'll hold on tight, I want to see this at bat. A low sinker misses below the knees, 2-1 and one the count. Lucchese, up to 56 pitches now here in the top of the third with two out. As Mandrigal leads off of second, swung on and missed by Grandal, tailing away, 2-2. Two and two. His more powerful hits seem to come from the left side, but he has been effective from the right side. He fouls off a sinker that's low and away, and Lucchese's trying to bust him low and away. He doesn't think he can reach anything that's out there. He's gone there a few times. He now comes in a little bit. It's low and grounded down the first baseline. It'll be fielded at first. Unassisted three put out. The inning is over, but the White Sox collect some hits and a run. Midway through the third, they trail two to one. Foundation issues not properly handled can be costly. Family Waterproofing Solutions is owned by Ken, a veteran of the United States Marines and his wife Maria, making them a veteran-owned business and a female-owned business that will diagnose and repair wet or leaky basements. And while they're located on the sock side, Family Waterproofing services the entire Chicagoland area and Northwest Indiana. And now after taking time off to ensure they can do things safely and securely for you, Family Waterproofing is back in business and doing jobs. Plus, part of the proceeds for every job that they do are donated to veteran and first responder organizations who support our frontline defenders. And currently, Socks in the Basement listeners have access to special pricing when they contact Family Waterproofing Solutions now, 708-330-4466, or visit them today at FamilyBasementWaterproofing.com. James Fox is going to stick around with us here for just a few more moments as we go into the bottom of the third inning. And James, um, kind of wrap this up for me a little bit. You know, I mean, what, what's your take on the situation with this draft, these owners, what they decide to do, long-term what it means? Just, you know, wrap this up for me in the best way you possibly can because I don't think people pay attention to the draft enough. And this is significant, what's going to happen and what Major League Baseball decided to go and do and what the Players Union did by allowing it to happen, right? As Tatis Jr. steps up 0-for-1 and sees delivers. 
But look, the Major League Baseball Players Association let this happen. So, you know, what's about to happen to them? Like, everybody's going to feel, like, really bad for the players. What they did to, like, their future members, like, really makes it tough for me to feel bad for them personally. So, I mean, even, like, looking at what the White Sox have done in recent years, some of the guys that you've heard of, I mean, Bryce Bush, they took late in, in like, the 30th round a couple of years ago. They took DJ Gladney out of a local high school last year. That stuff will not be possible this year. And, it, you know, also, like, college juniors are, are probably going to get squeezed a little bit in this whole thing just because, like, they're, they're technically allowed to go back to school next year as juniors again, but they're, they're a year older, and they will get penalized in next year's draft for being a year older. So you might have a scenario where there's some teams in round five with a bonus pool of, like, 350 k we'll say, offering college juniors $100,000 to sign on the spot. And those college juniors are going to have to decide, like, do I take this 100000 Do I enter the draft next year and, like, bet on myself being a year older? Or do I risk, like, not getting drafted and signing for $20,000 after the draft? Like, so it, it, it's, it's going to be really ugly, and it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Tatis tattoos one in the left center field, and that's going upper deck in left center. An 0-2 fastball by Dylan Cease. Gets out of here at 109 miles per hour, 419 feet. Hits the first row of the upper deck in left center field. I don't think he would have been drafted in the first five rounds. Maybe he would have. Maybe I'm crazy. You know more about that than I do. But Fernando Tatis just jumped all over that pitch. And the Padres have a two-run lead once again. Up 3-1 to one with Manny Machado coming to the plate. And no outs in the bottom of the third. They're really not going to save that much money. So the other thing I want to get to. So it's five rounds. The White Sox will use them as an example as a White Sox podcast. They get to spend like $7.7 million on the draft. They could go up a little bit over $8 million if they want to. In a 10-round draft, you know, the limit would have been like $8.6 million or something. So they're really only saving like a million dollars by doing this. The bigger deal is they're deferring all of the payments. So if you have five picks this year, the most of these owners are out immediately is $500,000. So... Like Spencer Torkelson, the first baseman at Arizona State, he's like regarded as probably the number one overall pick. He'll probably get an $8 million bonus from the Tigers. Well, he's going to get $100,000 of that right away. And then he's going to get $4 million in 2021 and the other $4 million in 2022, where in years past, they got that bonus immediately. So that, you know, that's where the owners are saving, but they're not really saving, like, you know, in the long run. They're just saving initially and they got what they wanted by cutting the draft down and from now on the draft's probably going to be 20 rounds instead of 40. C strikes out Machado on a high outside pitch. Machado did not like the call. He goes down looking for the first out here of the third inning. Will Myers coming up to the plate and James I want you to stick around. We're going to get back to you in a couple of innings or so and talk a little bit about the negotiations between MLB and MLBPA that have just started this week. The possibility of an 82 game season with all kinds of adjustments we will run that all down with you in just a little bit as we head back here to the game Sox trail three to one in the bottom of the third inning one out Myers takes a strike down the middle and he's quickly 0-1 in the first inning Cease gave up two runs it could have been a lot more as he escaped twice he loaded the bases in that inning I was lucky to get out of it this one is lined over the head 
of Mendick. And now bobbled by Jimenez. It's going to allow Myers to get into second base. Otherwise, I don't think he tries it. It's going to be ruled a single and an error on Aloy Jimenez. I believe that's his first error of the season. And he gets a runner to second instead of first. A clean base hit down the line that he cut off, but then overran once it touched his glove. A slider inside on Dozier goes for a strike, 0-1 the count. So after the Padres got two, in the top of the third, the White Sox get a run. With a two-out single from Nick Mandrigal, driving in Luis Robert. As Dozier swings and misses, 0-2 the count. And then Fernando Tatis in the bottom of the third, tattoos one. And we're still in that inning as Dozier strikes out looking on a pitch right down the middle. Cease freezes him on an off-speed pitch that buckled where he did not think it was going to buckle. Another strikeout for Dillon, who's given up three so far in this game and wants to stop it right there. Two outs here in the bottom of the third. Francisco Mejia, the catcher, stands in on the left-handed batter's box and takes a high four-seam fastball for ball one. He's 0-for-1 with a strikeout in the first inning. He's 1-for-6 in the series. And I... 27 for 152 trying to pronounce his name this series. I don't know why it bothers me so much. And I apologize to him, his family, and anybody else who speaks Spanish because I took German in high school and sometimes the names give me trouble. He goes after an outside fastball. He tried to check it up. Two and one the count. Sees up to 60 pitches now here in the bottom of the third with two outs. Looks in. The pitch on the way, outside for Seamer, misses 3-1. and one. Dylan has had location issues all day long. In his most recent games, he's been pinpoint, able to paint the corners. He's painting outside the lines a little bit. He's more like my fourth grader trying to color a picture today. For Seamer, gets across 3-2 and two to the Padres catcher with two outs here in the bottom of the third inning and a runner on second. The payoff pitch. Sent down in between Abreu and Mandrigal. Abreu dives and knocks it down and gets it over to Cease. He knocks down the ball and lands on it, scoops it and throws from his knees to Dillon, who wins the foot race to first base. Tatis gets a big homer. Padres back up by two. Three to one going into the top of the fourth inning. White Sox trying to go for the sweep here against San Diego. Sox have habitually taken the first two games in a lot of series this year, but closing it out has only happened, I believe, twice, maybe once. I think it was just the Kansas City Royals in a three-game set in Chicago. But when you're 10 games over 500 in May, coming out of a rebuild that lasted forever, you can't get upset. And they are still in this game. This is a powerful offense that I'm sure is not done yet. As Jimenez, who singled in the second inning, steps up to lead off the top of the fourth. Lucchese comes with his 60th pitch of the game as the first pitch of this inning. It's a strike on the inside corner. We'll hear again from James Fox in a little bit. Want to talk about his opinion on whether or not there will be in the flesh baseball, even though it's going to likely be without fans. I think we have differing opinions. You heard mine yesterday on the broadcast. We'll get into it a little bit later on. Couple of foul balls from Jimenez. He's 0-2 in the count. Let's one go by below the knees for a ball, 1-2. Our thanks to our fine sponsors, Cork and Carey at the park. 
as Jimenez tries to check one up, and they're going to say he went, and he tosses the bat in disgust in front of him as he walks back to the dugout. He was not happy about that call, or not happy that he went around too much. One out here on the top of the fourth on the strikeout, and Adam Engels 0 for 1 and steps up to the plate. Pork and Carry at the park has award-winning burgers, buffalo wings, wraps, hot dogs, appetizers you wouldn't believe, big plates of nachos with pulled pork on them. I miss the ballpark food. You can get the sounds of the game. You can get the recap from us and Sox on 35th. You got to provide your own beer, but you can get the food from Cork and Carey. His angle goes down swinging on an inside strike. Fourth strikeout for Lucchese, who's feeling it this inning with two strikeouts to the first two batters. Danny Mendick, the seven hitter, comes to the plate. Mendick, 0 for 1. Stands in in the right-handed batter's box. Sends the first one chopping slowly down the third baseline. Going to be a tough play for Machado. He loses the handle on the ball, trying to barehand it. And on with an infield hit is Danny Mendick with two outs in the top of the fourth inning. And Luis Robert comes to the plate. He had a home run yesterday. Had a big double, too, in this series. He's been picking his spots. He scored in the first inning. He's 0-1 on a swinging strike. He walked in the third. And then scored on a two-out hit by Nick Madrigal. In the middle there, he stole second base. The 0-1 pitch. Inside and low, one and one. He is first in the majors with 16 stolen bases, 15 coming into this game. That's a ball low. Two and one, and now another pitch outside. Misses, and it's three and one. Three one count to Robert, hitting 185. A low inside changeup hits the corner, three and two the count. Count is full, two outs, top of the fourth inning, and a runner on first base. Robert swings and misses at an inside sinker. That would have been ball four. He's been so patient. He gets crossed up by the Padres pitcher. And midway through the fourth inning, the Sox continue to trail 3-1. Joey Lucchese's 0-1 with a strike on the second inning. He's pitching much better than he's hitting so far. And that's expected. Dylan Cease enters the bottom of the fourth with 63 pitches already. He'll get the pitcher to lead it off for the Padres. And his team's down by two. Fastball misses the outside corner, 1-0 the count. Getaway day baseball on the West Coast. There's a couple of finals from day games back east. We'll get to those in a little bit, but most of the baseball is getting played later on. 2-0 the count. You don't want to walk the pitcher. Cease has to go right back into the zone here. Throws a curveball lifted out in the left field. It will drop in between Jimenez and Garcia, and they were standing next to each other. It looked like two little leaguers, and both of them forgot to yell, I got it. They won't give an error on that one, but that was a mental error by both of them. Somebody's got to call off somebody else there. In reality, with Jimenez coming in, if he's going to get that close, he's got to say something. And if he doesn't, Garcia's got to keep going. We don't know what happened out there, but the pitcher gets on as a result. So there's a runner on first, and a 1-0 pitch now will be coming to Juan Lagares after he takes that one outside. He's one for two so far on the day. Fastball at the knees goes for a strike. One and one the count. Cease into the line, throws one outside. He chases it, a slider way outside. One and two the count. Lagares 
has been struggling at the plate all season, but did get a single in the first inning and scored for the first run for the Padres. He now pops this one straight up in the air. Umpire's going to have to clear out of the way for Grandal, who puts it away. He'll pick up his mask and get ready for Eric Hosmer coming up. The lefty's one for one with a walk and a single and a run scored. He's got his pitcher over on first base as a base runner with one out. And an outside four-seamer misses. 1-0 the count. Cease is scheduled to bat in the next inning. Based upon his pitch count, the fact that the White Sox are down and that he seems a little wild, along with the fact that it looks like the bullpen should be pretty fresh and you might be getting reinforcements tomorrow, it will be interesting to see if he's actually going to bat as the leadoff hitter in the top of the fifth inning. As this pitch is lifted out in left field, it's going to get down into the corner. Jimenez is going to chase after it. Runner's coming around. It's going to be a close play here at home plate as the runner's going to send relay in, and he's just underneath the tag. The Padres score a fourth run. Their pitcher, Lucchese, comes around from first base. He will pitch with a dirty uniform the rest of the way. He goes from first all the way around. Jimenez gets the ball in. The quick throw home from Leary Garcia was on the dot. And he gets underneath the tag with a head first slide. Four runs given up now by Cease. It's a double for Hosmer. And Tommy Pham, who's one for two with a double of his own, stands in. And he's 1-0. and oh. The pitch on the way. Swung on and sent out to right field. Going to be a can of corn. Grabbed by Angle. The runner will not challenge. And Hosmer, he stays at second base. And here comes Tatis Jr., one for two with the big solo shot in the third inning. That was a rocket out of here. Landed in the first row of the upper deck in left center field. Goes after a pitch on the outside corner. They're going to say he didn't swing. That was close. One to know the count, two outs, bottom of the fourth inning. Sox trail four to one. Cease misses on an outside changeup, 2-0. Machado on deck. The pitch from Cease. Runs inside a four-seamer, misses 3-0. A very difficult game for Dylan Cease, who has been, up to this point, the hottest pitcher on the team. At least over the last three to four weeks. Struggling today, though. Lifted out to the left center field gap. Jimenez will come over and make the play without a big problem. Third out of the inning. But not before Eric Hosmer hits a double that plates his pitcher all the way from first base. And looking at the replay right now, Aloy Jimenez got a terrible jump on that ball and may have been the reason. James McCann grabs a bat and comes up and will hit for Dylan Cease to start off the DP3 Tech fifth inning as the White Sox trail 4-1 to one here in the top of the fifth. So Cease is done four innings and he gives up four runs. A rough start for him. They've seen enough. McCann's hitting 306 with two home runs, four RBIs, and OPS of 934. And he's had a couple of pinch hits during this road trip to the West Coast and NL teams and the Giants and the Padres. The 0-1 pitch misses, 1-1 the count. Warming up in the bullpen, Kelvin Herrera and Carson Fulmer. The 1-1 pitch on the way. Swung on and rifled out in the center field. That's a base hit for McCann, so he does his job. Leadoff man is on. Another pinch hit for him. 
Lucchese sits at 77 pitches with no outs here on the top of the fifth, and the sacks down by three are looking to get something on the board here in this inning. Larry Garcia is 0 for 2, playing shortstop today in place of Timmy Anderson, who needed a day off. It is a shallower bench for the White Sox, as likely Encarnacion and Mazzara are the only two guys available to hit. Ricky Renteria said he really wanted to give a full day off to Anderson and hoped to give one to Moncada. This one's charged down the third baseline foul, 0-2, to Garcia hitting from the right side against the lefty Lucchese, who comes with pitch number 80 in his outing. Swung on and missed a changeup in at the shoelaces. He goes down swinging, sixth strikeout for the Padres pitcher. DP3Tech partnered with Microsoft, and they can bring over your systems. They can integrate with what you have in your business. They can set up something new for you. One touch, get everybody on. Video conferencing, one touch, share with people. Your files, your pictures, whatever you need to show them. Have access to your workplace while you're working from home. There wasn't an option like this when we all went under our lockdowns or quarantines or whatever you want to call it, but now... The option exists, and DP3Tech will tell you all about it for free and tell you how they're going to set you up as Nick Mandrigal's 1-1 one one in the count quickly. He's 1-2 for two in the game. Details coming up midway through this inning. As Mandrigal now grounds the short, they're going to send over to second and back over to first. There was contact at second base, too, between McCann and Dozier. I know you're not supposed to run into a guy. He went straight into the bag. Dozier was behind it and goes over. Midway through the fifth, four to one. New challenges bring new technology. DP3Tech has partnered with Microsoft to make things easier on you and your business. Imagine being able to get everybody together in a nice, easy, user experience friendly meeting room and being able to share whatever you want in the room with just one click. You can migrate from old legacy on-premises equipment right now to flexible, secure, work-from-home-friendly cloud services. Bring your group together faster, better, easier. Find out what DP3Tech can do for you. Contact their cloud migrations team today, 312-896-2450, or email info at dp3tech.com. Midway through the fifth, 4-1, and Kelvin Herrera will come into the game 16 games so far, 0-2 record, 5.21 earned run average, 19 innings pitched. Herrera gets Manny Machado, who's 0-for-1. He had a walk in the first inning. Slider outside misses 1-0. Machado also struck out in the game. Carson Fulmer continues to toss out in the bullpen, but the first three batters are going to Herrera under the new rules. Padres lead 4-1. to Sacks have had a few opportunities. They've come through on one of them. This one's lifted out in the right field. It won't be deep enough to be any trouble. Caught by Angle. And there's one gone here in the bottom of the fifth. Dylan sees through 79 pitches over four innings. Gave up four earned runs, two walks, five strikeouts, seven hits. A rough day for number 84. Who now needs his friends to pick him up. Come back in this game. Will Myers is one for one with a single and an RBI. Next inning in the sixth, we will talk to James Fox. Once again, heard about the draft earlier. Now we're going to talk about whether or not you're going to get to see real baseball on your television screens starting in July. I believe we have differing opinions. So it'll be fun to hash that out. Pitch misses high and inside. 
1-0. Now a low fastball misses 2-0. Herrera to Myers with one out in the bottom of the fifth. Outside four, Seamer misses 3-0 the count. Dozier stands on deck. The next offering. Change up, outside corner. He caught it 3-1. The rumors swirling around the team is that Michael Kopech will meet the team in Chicago tomorrow. We've been told there's an announcement later on as this one is sent out deep into left field, tailing back towards the wall. It is gone. Herrera gives up a 377-foot home run that gets out of here at 103.7 miles per hour. It's Myers' seventh. And the fifth run of the game for the Padres who lead 5-1. What I was going to say about Michael Kopech is I don't know if he's starting tomorrow or if he's starting in the bullpen. There's a lot of questions to be had. He has been red hot. It'll be interesting to see what the White Sox do. One theory is split the game one way or another between him and Gio Gonzalez. Who starts and who doesn't is the question. My belief is if he's coming up, he's scheduled to pitch some innings. Gonzalez has not gone very long in most of his games. As Dozier stands in and Herrera gets a slider across for a strike, 0-1 the count. Dozier is two for nine lifetime with three strikeouts against Herrera, who has had his hot and his cold spells. He is a candidate to be sent down, but I would imagine, and the smart money seems to be on Jimmy Cordero after the game. Jace Fry could also be sent down if you're going to be sending Gio Gonzalez to the bullpen, because you would still have two lefties. Herrera has been struggling. The original money was on Carson Fulmer, but he's been performing very well. The one-two pitch to Dozier misses high on a fastball, two and two. I would imagine the decision's already been made, but we'll see what ends up happening here. Outside pitch, and it's full from Herrera. 3-2 count, one out bottom of the fifth. Whoever gets added into the bullpen, you'll have two guys capable of going multiple innings. In Fulmer... And whether or not it's going to be Kopech or Gio Gonzalez, or even if Gonzalez is moving back and Reynaldo Lopez is going to the bullpen. Ground ball out in the right field. That's a base hit against Herrera, who continues to struggle. And they're going to go out and get him right now. Carson Fulmer is coming into the game. This is his 10th appearance, 1-2 and two record. He's also got a save over three innings that he earned. 17 to third innings, 2.60 earned run average, 22 strikeouts to eight walks. Opponents are hitting 234 against him. He has been a bright spot in the bullpen when you didn't expect it. He pitches to Mejia, and he misses low and inside, 1-0. The Padres catcher on the left side of the plate. He's 0 for 2 today and now 2 and 0 in the count with one out in the bottom of the fifth and a runner on first. Fulmer into the wind. Throws one outside, 3 and 0 the count. White Sox pitchers unable to find the zone today and I don't think they're getting squeezed. Sometimes it feels that way when you see strikes for the other team and not for yours. But these are not good pitches. You walked him on four pitches. So Fulmer now puts on the next guy. Sacks not getting any help from the bullpen. Herrera had a deep fly out, followed by a home run and a single. Now Lucchese comes in. He's still going to bat. 
because he's pitching so well. He's got a four-run lead. He'll go to lay down the bunt and pull it back as that's an inside two-seamer that misses. 1-0 the count. At this point, if I'm Fulmer, let the pitcher give himself up and advance the runners. Try to get the last out with the guy at the top of their lineup who's hitting under 200. This one is a good bunt scooped up by Garcia. He's going to go for the lead runner at second as he was pulled behind Fulmer getting it. He was bunted towards short. Garcia cut it off, went to Mandergol. Close play, but he got him at second base. That ensures that the pitcher is going to have to run again. Maybe he'll get worn out, and there's two outs and a run around first and third. And Juan Lagares comes in. Hitting 167 with runners in scoring position and under 190 right now in any situation. Fouls that off. One and one the count with two outs in the bottom of the fifth. Fomer takes the sign and pitches. A low four seamer misses. Two and one. Next pitch is a curveball very nicely placed on the lower inside corner. Two and two the count. Two two count. Bottom of the fifth. Two outs. Runners on first and third. The pitch from Fulmer. Sent out in the right field. Coming in is Angle. He makes the play on the run. Calling off Mandrigal, who's heading back. The White Sox are out of the inning, but they did give up another run. And after five, trail 5-1 to one in San Diego. James Fox from Future Sox and Southside Hit Pen joins us. Once again, we heard from him earlier as Jose Abreu steps in 0 for 1. Here in the top of the sixth inning, and Lucchese, he's got 83 pitches, and here comes number 84 for an outside ball. And James, this is what I'm hearing, 82 games, extended playoffs with uh, 14 teams instead of 10, universal DH, all kinds of stuff. Starting at the beginning of July, spring training midway through June. But here's my problem. I've never seen these two sides ever get together on anything. What is the likelihood, in your opinion, that Major League Baseball and the MLBPA can get together and we could have baseball starting at the beginning of July. Look, I, 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 I've been pro player as much as like anybody else, I think, but we kind of know how this goes, right? Like the owners put language into their agreement basically. So they're saying that without fans in the stands, they're saying that, you know, butts and seats and merchandise and all that stuff, like 40% of their like revenue, they're not getting any of that revenue. Now, do we know that it's 40%? No, and we're not going to because like, they're probably not going to open their books to show us. But what they're saying is they can't afford to pay the players prorated salaries you know, without fans in the stands. As Abreu strikes out, it's tossed down the first because it was dropped, one gone. And up comes Yasmati Grandal. So their plan is they're basically saying all the money you make this year, we'll give you half of it. Now, the players you know, are like, well, how much is that? They're like, well, we don't know yet. So, like, rightfully so, like, they're pushing back against this. But, like, Tony, Tony Clark's a moron. So, I, I generally think that, and this is going to sound bad, that the players will cave, because players always cave. Because billionaires always beat millionaires in situations like this. And you can hear Mike Trout or Clayton Kershaw or all these other guys say, like, oh, yeah, we're not going to do that. Well... Look, that, those guys don't make up the majority of, like, the rank and file in Major League Baseball. Like, some of those guys could sit the year, but the great majority of players cannot do that. And the one thing that people don't understand when they talk about this, and they say, oh, the players will push back, the players will never agree. After May 31st, the Major League Baseball players are not seeing another dime of money. 
unless they play baseball. Chopper over to second, tossed over to first. Grandal's retired, two gone here in the top of the sixth, and Jimenez comes to the plate one for two. So, yeah, there is great incentive on both sides. Like, the owners want to play because they want to pocket, like, whatever TV revenue they can. But the players want to play, too. Like, this is what they do. And if they don't play any games, they're not going to get paid. So I ultimately think that, you know, the players will make some more concessions. Um, the owners will make concessions on, like, the player health side, do some stuff like that, and, like, we'll eventually have an agreement here. And I actually think that there's going to be baseball. Eloy Jimenez flies out into center field. Can of corn, he's gone. The inning goes one, two, three quickly. So, James, hang out to the bottom of the six. We'll talk some more. Sox trail five to one. Eric Hosmer comes to the plate. Carson Fulmer remains on the mound. Hosmer's two for two with a double, a single, and an RBI. We're in the bottom of the sixth inning. James Fox joins us, White Sox beat reporter. And here's my problem, James. I just feel like that there's there's resistance from the players because of health reasons. You have the possibility that you're going to have people that that are on one side of the coin saying, well, I think it's, it's dangerous. They're going to take the player's side. And you have Tony Clark with these these quotes where he's saying things like, "We've already negotiated. This is like a salary cap. I'm not doing this." Uh, uh, we're you know, it, they're taking a hard line. It, it, to me, it seems like this is almost impossible. I love your optimism, but it's not just players wanting to make their money and billionaires beating millionaires. You have this extenuating circumstance of the pandemic and. They seem to have a little bit more leverage than they've had in the past. Well, I mean, I think there's some truth to that, but I, I also think that, you know, where you mentioned that there might be some players, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that it's going to be a traditional, like, union negotiation, like it would be like a contract negotiation anywhere. So I think you're going to have more yeses than noes. And I do think there might be some players that are unwilling to play, and I think those players will be able to take the year off. Like, they're not going to get paid, and I don't think they should expect to get paid if they don't play any baseball games. Fulmer. Strikes out Hosmer on a 3-2 pitch, low and inside, looking. One out, and Tommy Pham comes to the plate. Please continue. All these writers, your Jeff Passings, your Ken Rosenthal, like they're getting their stories like from the owner's side, you know, which is why the owners rushed out to like put this agreement out there because, look, the owners know what they're doing in this regard. They know that if they put this language out there like this and then the players say no, fans for whatever reason have always looked at it as greedy millionaire players that want too much money and it'll be the player's fault not the owner's fault it's happened time and time again and it's not you know even the way i think or the correct way but that's just like the way that it is so i think people right now are just like assuming that like they will reach a deal because if they don't Sam lifts one in the shallow center field. Madrigal runs way back and gets it. Robert would have come up short. A nice play by Nick Madrigal for the second out. Fernando Tatis Jr., one for three with a solo shot in the third, steps up with two outs in the bottom of the sixth. Fulmer's gotten the first two guys. Like, if they give up this season due to, like, financials, then what happens, like, next year? Well, you didn't bring in any revenue for this year. So you think those owners, like, aren't going to fight to, like, not pay full salaries next year? Do you think, like, franchises are going to, like, spend money on free agents this offseason if they, like, miss the 2020 season? And that's what the owners will hang over the player's head in these negotiations when they say, okay, we're canceling the season. And with canceling the season comes all this other stuff. We're going to have, we're not going to be able to afford to pay you guys next year, and we're not going to buy, we're not going to pay for free agents, and we're not going to do all this stuff. Is where eventually, I think that's why people generally assume that, like, the players will cave here. Swung on and belted deep. 
way back. This one almost hits the third deck area. Tatis has put two of them out in the left field. There is a third deck that just looks like it's where the rich people sit. Way up there above the upper deck. And he almost hit it. The measurement's wrong because they're saying 407 feet. That's what the last one was. And this one went way past it. You can see where it lands. He almost hits the scoreboard out in left field here. As Tatis Jr. tattoos another one. Two home runs against the team he originally started with. Fulmer gives it up. Six to one Padres as Manny Machado comes to the play with two outs in the bottom of the sixth. And James, here's my thing. I'm hopeful. I want it to happen. You've given me hope. And I'm going to tell you something right now. As much as I like simulated ball games, I, I really want to watch some baseball. And I'm, I'm hoping this comes through. You know, the White Sox could be in pretty good shape if they start in July. You could have Michael Kopech. You could have Carlos Rodon. You could have, like, Dane Dunning on that taxi squad, like, ready to go, where, like, he's not going to get double A innings anyway, so you might as well put him in a big league bullpen. I mean, there's going to be all sorts of all sorts of stuff like that, you know? Like, do you... Edwin Encarnacion gets hurt, so you just, like, put Andrew Vaughn in the majors because, like, why the hell not? You know, that's what I, that's what I mean. Like, those are the types of... Those are the types of decisions that like, you're probably not going to be talking about Nick Madrigal's service time because, you know, you're going to try to win, like, a shortened season and get into the playoffs. And the Sox haven't been there since 08. And, and honestly, like, I don't think anybody's going to care if, like, they're playing a, you know, a, a, a uh, playoff game at U.S. Cellular Field with no fans in the stands. We'll all be watching together, hopefully, on TV. Machado skies this one in the left. It's tailing foul. Jimenez will catch it near foul territory. Tatis hit the home run. The inning, though, is over. James Fox, you're a gentleman and a scholar. Good luck at Future Sox and Southside Hip Pen. I hope we'll be sitting someday watching live baseball again. Thanks for joining us here on Sox in the Basement. Luis Perdomo, 21 innings and a 7.29 earned run average. The White Sox jumped all over him in game one of this series. It was a 2-1 to ball game, and the Sox were able to get three runs off of him late in the game. And because of that, put it away. And with no pressure, they were able to close out that game. They also won yesterday, but they trailed today 6-1. to one. James Fox is on with us, and I want to talk real quick here as Adam Engel's up. That's a 1-0 pitch that misses. Now he lifts one out in the right field for a very quick first out here in the top of the seventh inning. Listen, I hope he's right. I just don't know if these two sides can get together in a month, and that's really what it's going to take at this point. And you're going to have guys that aren't going to play you're going to have guys that are going to say, I'm staying home. You're going you're to have guys like, you know, you see Zach Wheeler. Remember, he didn't come to the White Sox because his fiance, who's now his wife, wanted to be in Philly. Well, now she's pregnant. And he's already come out publicly and said, I'm not playing. So you're going to have some guys sit out. It'll be very interesting what ends up happening. It could be exciting. Uh, it could be a fun season. I think the White Sox could. I mean, if they win the World Series, it counts. If it's in 82 games, I don't care. They make it to the playoffs. It counts. So I would love to see it. Ground ball back to the pitcher. Over to first. Mendix down. There's two gone here in the top of the seventh inning. And Luis Robert comes up 0 for 1. He's got a walk, a stolen base, and a run scored as the White Sox have not been able to get much done here against Padres pitching. But with Lucchese out, you hope they would get on the relief pitchers. Quick ground out the third. Machado sends it over. One pitch, one out for Robert. And that was a quick inning. Way too quick. Midway through the seventh, Sox still trail by five. 
You heard from James Fax earlier on the show. If for some strange reason I'm wrong and he's right, let's be honest, he's been right a lot over the last couple years, and he puts his money where his mouth is. You can go check out his Twitter feed, James Fox 917 Okay, he he he's still got the tweet pinned where he was in front of everybody, even in the national media, about Luis Robert getting signed and starting the season with the White Sox. He was way out in front of that as Will Myers comes up. The righty takes a curveball outside from Carson Fulmer and remains in the game. 28 pitches coming into this inning. As he seems like he's in map-up duty now and a low outside fastball misses 2-0 the count. Jace Fry is warming along with Jimmy Cordero. Sox are going to need to get a couple of runs, I think, before the big boys come in the pitch today. Otherwise, they'll be saved for later. Ground ball over to third. Mendick takes it and sends it over to first to Abreu. One gone here in the bottom of the seventh. If for some reason the season starts, Saxon Basement has the schedule already being developed. But we need to find out if they're actually going to do it. Once we know for sure it's signed on the dotted line, we'll release a schedule in which we will get you quickly through this simulated season while we turn our attention to the Chicago White Sox and the new 2020 season. But for now, this is the only 2020 season there is. And Fulmer just gave up a gapper in the right center. Chased down by Angle and sent in, but that's going to be a double. Brian Dozier's got his seventh. Another guy hitting under 200 has gotten a few hits today for the Padres. They have come to life at the plate. Jace Fry's going to come into the game now. That's it for Carson Fulmer. Fry has 17 games under his belt and 10 in the third innings. 4.35 earned run average, 17 strikeouts and 6 walks. Lefty's hitting 071 against him. Righty's hitting 190. Got a 2-1 record. Renteria will send him in. It'll flip around Mejia. Will now bat righty. With a runner on second and one out. Swings and misses at a cut fastball below the knees and inside. 0-1 the count. So to give you the loose outline, we would simply go back to our regular Wednesday show that's on demand everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SoxInTheBasement.com is now Fry hits the batter. That's how you want to come out of the pen. I guess if, if the team's having a bad day, everybody gets to have a bad day. Get it out of your system. We go back to our regular Wednesday show that comes out with me and Dave. And Dave and I are already working out how we're going to do very safely and um, happily rejoin down here at the bar together. It is a nine-foot oak bar, and uh, he has been quarantined just like my family has. So we're currently in like a uh, a 14-day don't-go-near-anybody thing, and we may merge the households. They have a pool and I have a bar. It's going to work out perfectly for the summer. Jerickson Profar comes in to bat in the pitcher's role in the ninth spot. He fouls off two pitches. He's 0-2 with runners on first and second and one out. Fry looks in and the pitch is on the way. Swung on and missed. He struck him out on three pitches. So there's two outs now in the bottom of the seventh as Fry rebounds from hitting the first batter that he saw. After we go back to that Wednesday on demand show, we are also going to still feature a couple of broadcasts that will catch you up on what's happened over a period of maybe even a month. A show that would tell you this is what's happened up to this point. We'll have to divide it up once we know if there's going to be baseball and still be able to provide you with closure to this season. It'll be a fun way for us to look back at the predictions if they actually have a season. 
as it's 0-1 now to Lagares, who swings and misses at an inside cut fastball. And if they go to the playoffs, we want to bring you the best moments of that. So we will still have a lot of fun with it and lead right into the beginning of baseball if they start in the beginning of July. That said, I still don't believe it's going to happen because I still am scarred from 94, and I don't believe any of these guys. Cut fastball, foul back, 0-2. I don't believe any of them, and uh, I don't trust them. I love the game. I just don't love the people sometimes that are in charge of it. One and two the count with two outs in the bottom of the seventh inning. I've not been a big fan of the commissioner. I don't like all the changes. He's not, he's not speeding up the game with some of the things that he's doing, but he's changing the fundamental balance of the game. And it's a beautiful game, and I would hate to see it picked apart slowly over the next couple of years just to make a couple extra bucks. One and two pitch inside, a curveball misses two and two. And I get the idea of trying to get youngsters in, but there's better ideas than telling pitchers they got to go three batters in a row and clocks that nobody's really paying attention to. Misses high and outside on a cut fastball, three and two the count. Pretty soon we're going to have more guys in the playoffs, more teams in the playoffs in the NHL. Now, I think that's silly. Regular season has to count for something. Three and two the count. Swung on and foul back a four-seamer. Count remains full. I get it for this year. If it's going to be a shortened season, but don't let anything carry over into the next season. The pitch. Swung on and missed an inside cut fastball. Fry gets out of it. Does a good job overall. After hitting the first batter, strikes out the next two. Stocks are through seven. We go to the top of the eighth, needing five. It's time to get to work. Matt Strom will come out and pitch, and then Nomar Mazzaro will be announced. The lefty will come out and hit in the nine spot. Hitting 220. He gets the lefty Strom. Inside slider misses, 1-0. Day baseball on a Wednesday in Southern California. I expect a lot of people out here because whenever I'm here, it feels like a vacation. But only 11,411 showed up today. The Padres are actually winning this game. Swung on and belted out deep in the left field. This one might get down over the head. No, a big play, a running play. He had to go a, a distance out there. Tommy Pham turns on the wheels. He was on a shift where he was in left center field. The ball goes down the line and left and hung up there for so long he catches it in the corner. And that's just bad luck for Mazzaro who goes back to the bench. Larry Garcia takes a slider high and outside. 0-1 the count. Rough start for Dylan Cease. Gave up two in the first inning and four over the first four innings. When it went to the pen, it didn't get much better. Herrera gave up a, a run, and then the second home run from Tatis, given up by Fulmer, who overall did pretty well. Ground out the first, unassisted three put out. There's two outs already, and Mandrill comes up one for three with a single and an RBI, hitting 264 now with seven RBI. He's really starting to put it together, and has looked solid the last couple of days in the two spot. I don't believe he's going to remain there. But in National League parks, when they were moving things around with all those pieces and giving guys rest, he became an option. And you might see him in there every once in a while in an American League game. With a DH, we'll see. He's definitely throwing the leather around at second base. It has been fun to watch. 1-0 the count. Outside fastball hits the zone 1-1. One one. Strom 
struggled against the Sox the first time that we saw him the other night. But he looks like he's on target right now. Four-seamer misses high and outside. Two and one the count. With Abreu on deck. Strike on the outside corner. Waist high. Mandrigal takes it. Two and two the count. Baltimore beat up on Cleveland. Eight to nothing today. As Mandrigal puts this one back up the middle. And the young man is two for four. Another multi-hit day for Nick Mandrigal. As he singles and he's on first. And Jose Abreu comes to the plate. Mandrigal's got good speed, but is not good at stolen bases. Not yet, as this one's lifted out deep into left center field, trailing back towards the wall. It'll bounce off the wall. Mandrigal's already rounding third. He's going to score. Abreu is in at second base, and the White Sox get a run with two outs and trail now by four, six to two, on an RBI double by Jose Abreu to the left center field wall and Nick Mandrigal on his horse comes all the way around from first and scores easily. He is a speedy little guy. And now Yasmani Grandal comes to the plate one for three. And the pitch on the way. Curveball gets in the zone. Owen won the count. Grandal's one for three with a single in the second inning but from the right side of the plate is not as effective as from the left side. His average is lower. It's not horrible, but it's it's lower. On the other side of it, he doesn't hit for as much power, it seems, from from the right side. Big three-run home run last night, pinch hitting in the eighth inning, was from the left side. Swings and misses at this offering, one and two with Jimenez on deck, and Abreu standing on second with two outs here in the top of the eighth. It'd be nice to grab another run here and get yourself within striking distance for the ninth. High inside slider misses, 2-2 two and two the count. White Sox not done yet. As the middle of the order wants to have a last say in this game. Inside pitch misses, 3-2. and two. Jimenez on deck, hitting 277 with 11 home runs. Abreu leads off of second. The lefty Strom looks back at him. Full count, the payoff pitch on the way to Grandal. High pitch, he walked him. So with two outs here in the top of the eighth inning, there's two on. They're not the fleetest of foot. Aloy Jimenez comes to the plate. You don't normally manage for the three-run home run, but you're almost doing that here with the base runners you have. As that crazy Padre mascot is now changed out of his brown robes into red ones and is dancing on the dugout, putting some sort of hex on the players, which seems to be in direct contrast of being a padre, which is a a Catholic priest. Weird. 6-2, to two, the Padres lead. 1-0 pitch now to Jimenez. Swung on and sent down the third base line. And an inside fastball at the hip, 1-1. One one. It was a borderline strike that he swung at. Now he chops one to Machado. Slow chopper. Machado has to make a nifty play, but he's a good defensive third baseman. He throws out Jimenez at first. Abreu gets the double that drives in Mandrigal, but the Sox leave two on. We're going to the bottom of the eighth, still down by four. Jimmy Cordero will come out and pitch here in the bottom of the eighth inning as the Sox are down by four, and Eric Hosmer will lead it off two for three with a double, a single, and an RBI. I believe we would have had a different pitcher if the Sox would have gotten a few more runs there, but down by four, knowing you're not having a day off for a little while, it is important to take care of of the good side of that staff. The high-end relief pitchers like Ciszek, Bummer, 
and Colome and wait until they're actually needed. Cordero misses low on a sinker. He's one and one now to Hosmer. That doesn't mean that Bummer isn't warming up. He has been throwing just in case the Sox got closer and remains out in the pen as a low outside sinker misses. Two and one the count. Cincinnati beat Miami today six to four. If there is 2020 baseball in the real world, you will see a lot of Cincinnati. That's a nice young team. It'll be interesting, those games. We'll also get the Pirates. That's going to be fun. You get the Brewers. You know what's going to stink is that these would be great travel things if this was like how baseball is set up. Like we were able to go to these games. But that's not happening. Inside sinker. Count goes full on a taken strike. Hosmer is two for three. The payoff pitch lifted out into center field. Moving over a little bit to left is Robert. He's underneath it. He'll make the play. There's one gone. Cordero has heard the rumors. He knows it's possible this is the last time that he will pitch up here in the majors for the White Sox for a little while. We know we have an announcement still at the end of the game. Transaction scheduled for the Sox. As he gets one inside on Fam for a strike, he now comes back low with a sinker and misses one and one. He has had a very, very difficult time on the mound over the last month after being red hot for the first, let's say, week and a half to two weeks. Location has been off, and teams have been hammering him when he comes in from the bullpen. 2-1 pitch on the way. A high four-seamer misses three and one, so behind in the count here, just like he was in the first count before he got it to a full count and got the fly out. Pham stands in one for four. The righty awaits the pitch and fouls back a sinker in the zone, three and two. Another full count here for Cordero with one out in the bottom of the eighth. Swung on and a base hit into right field that's going to get in between the outfielders and get to the track before Robert picks it up and sends it in. That's a double for Pham. With one out here in the bottom of the eighth inning. And now here comes Tatis, who's got two home runs. The first one was in the upper deck. The second one was even further, if you can believe it, to the back of the upper deck. He's two for four with two solo shots. And he sends a four-seamer down the first baseline foul. He had a disappointing series before today. Sox have been able to hold him down until the power explosion against two different pitchers. And now a sinker low misses. One and one the count. He's hitting 187 with runners in scoring position. He has Pham there, who's very speedy. Lifts this one for a base hit in the left. Pham's going to score easily. Gets by Jimenez and hits the wall. Tatis is in the second. That's another run for the Padres. They extend the lead back to five. And Machado will come up against Cordero now. First pitch low and inside with a sinker, 1-0 the count. White Sox had trouble in game three against San Francisco in San Fran. A game that got out of hand early, and they were unable to come back, and the offense was held down. This game has been similar. It wasn't five runs in the first, but it was four over the first four innings. And it's a five-run lead yet again for the Padres, who earlier had a five-run lead. Two and one, the count now to Machado, who's 0 for three. 
Sends a base hit in the left field. Jimenez is going to come in quickly and get it in. So, Jimmy Cordero again comes in. He's like gasoline on fire. And they're not even going to wait. They don't want to do it, but they're going to go out and get Aaron Bummer anyway. Aaron Bummer will come into the game. This is his 20th appearance. 21 and two-thirds innings. 1.25 earned run average, 33 strikeouts, five walks. It's not accustomed to coming in the games where we're down by a lot, but Ricky Renteria is done. He wants to get on the plane. He doesn't feel like watching Jimmy Cordero, uh, you know, extend this game by 20 more minutes, giving up hit after hit after hit. Cordero can go in the back, I think, and pack his bags. Based upon what we've been hearing in the stats, he is the worst pitcher on the team when it comes to ERA, whip, walks per nine, his fielding independent pitching number, FIP. That's terrible as well. Every extrapolated number provided, he's the worst. As Bummer's 3-0 quickly to Myers in a game that he don't want to be in. But he has been tasked with getting the White Sox out of this inning. And then maybe there'll be a miracle. Stranger things have happened. We've seen the Sox come back already this year. Trailing by five, we'll see how, what they look like after they get out of this inning. First and third, one out. Bottom of the eighth inning, the 3-1 pitch. He walks it. And why not? Myers doesn't have to swing. He knows he's coming out of the pen. Bummer can be effectively wild at times. He does not walk a lot of guys with the bases are loaded now. His Dozier comes up two for three with a double and a single. Swung on and sent out down the first baseline foul. The next offering misses outside on a sinker. One and one the count. Swung on and missed a cut fastball low, and Dozier's one and two. Base is loaded. Sox down by five. They have two runs on seven hits. They've also had an error in the field by Jimenez. 14 hits for the Padres, and they have seven runs. As Dozier swings and misses, and he's down for the second out of the inning. So Bummer comes right back and strikes out Dozier. Francisco Mejia... The catcher comes to the plate, batting from the right side. He's a switch-hitting catcher. He's 0 for 2 in this game. First pitch is sent down the third baseline foul. He's 0 for 2. He's been hit by a pitch, and he walked. He's 1 for 7 in the series. He's got the bases loaded right now. Aaron Bummer would like to send this to the ninth inning. Swung on and missed. The slider outside, 0 and 2 the count. White Sox pitching just did not have it today. Four given up by Cease in the first four innings. The relief pitchers then giving up three more. Swung on and missed. Bummer sits him down. He didn't give up anything. Excellent job by Aaron Bummer. He gets you through the inning. He can go sit down and get ready for his trip back to Chicago. We go to the top of the ninth. Needing five. Kirby Yates. He's a good pitcher. 14 games. He's... 10 for 11 in save opportunities. No wins, no losses. 14 innings pitch. 2.57 earned run average. 18 strikeouts to three walks. Austin Hedges is going to come in and catch. It was a double switch. As the Padres, even with a five-run lead, are going to make sure that Yates, or whoever the pitcher is, is nine spots away in the order. Throws a ball low to Adam Engel, who's 0 for 3 and leads off the ninth inning. And the job of everybody right now in this White Sox lineup is get on base. 
Inside slider misses 2-0, and Engel's job is really see what he has and make sure that he can throw strikes. Don't give him anything when you're down by this much. You can't win it on one swing. The 2-0 pitch. Inside ball three, and Yates is a closer. He's in a non-save situation because he has not seen any action in the last few days. And the White Sox need to take advantage of sometimes closers are not as sharp when they're not in safe situations. He walked him on four pitches, and we got speed on board at first base in Adam Engel. Danny Mendick will come to the plate, one for three. After him, it'll be Robert. And I would imagine then Encarnacion will come up and hit. Anderson and Mancata likely not going to see any action today. Anderson was definitely on a day off, we were told. Mancata, that was the hope. Runner on first, the pitch on the way. High four seamer misses the Mendick, 1-0. 94 miles an hour from Yates, who's now thrown five pitches, all balls. Mendick's job is to not let him off the hook. Here comes the offering. Outside misses, 2-0. When you look at Angle and the speed that he has, there's no reason, really, to get yourself thrown out at second base as the first out trying to steal when their closer has come in and has not found the zone yet. Top of the ninth, no outs. Sox trail by five. The pitch to Mendick. Swung on and missed on a four-seamer that did hit the zone inside. Two and one the count. The pitch from Yates. This one's fouled off down the first baseline, two and two. Count even now to Danny Mendick, who's one for three on the day. Yates strikes him out on an inside fastball. If he hadn't had it earlier, he found it now. Luis Robert comes to the plate with one out here in the top of the ninth inning. Angle goes in motion. Robert swings and misses. Angle is safe at second base, no throw. So Adam Engel has his first stolen base. Might have been a hit and run to get people moving around in the infield. Roberts 0 for 2 with a walk. Hedges didn't even throw down. They were not concerned. Takes the double playoff as Edwin Encarnacion has grabbed the bat. Sent down to third baseline. Foul ball 0-2. The 0-2 pitch on the way with one out here in the top of the ninth to Lewis Robert. Swung on and missed over the top of a slider. He goes down. There's two outs here in the top of the ninth inning. Edwin Encarnacion comes out to the plate. Not much he can do here. He's just getting a bat at the end of the game instead of having Aaron Bummer or another pitcher come up and swing. Two outs, top of the ninth. Runner on second. Sox trailing by five. Kirby Yates on the mound. First pitch swung on and missed a split finger right down the middle. So the White Sox took two out of three here unless something changes. A really nice series from them. Uh, it, you know they, they showed some some timely hitting for most of the series. They, they just didn't have it today. And the pitching was off. Dylan Cease had a rough outing. He has been pitching very well. And the bullpen, it wasn't like the big names that gave up the runs. It was a run given up by Herrera, a run given up by Fulmer, but that was over almost three innings. I think he had two and a third. I'd have to check that again. Maybe two and two-thirds. He gave up a solo shot. And then we had the run given up by Cordero, who looked like he had nothing. One and two to count to Encarnacion as the Padres look to win one of these three games 
And the White Sox get ready to pack their bags and head back to Chicago. Low and inside the four-seam fastball. They get Toronto next. It'll be a fun series. Four games at home against the Blue Jays and then a day off for the White Sox. Low, split finger misses. Three and two the count. And like I said, we have an announcement that we believe is coming here at the end of the game. 3-2 count. Payoff pitch. Yates to Encarnacion. The pitch. He walked him. So we're going to be extended at least one more hitter. I don't think Yates is concerned. He's like, I'm not letting Edwin Encarnacion take me deep. Ruin my stats. I'll pitch Leary Garcia. And after him, I'll take on this rookie Madrigal. Garcia's 0 for 4 with a ground out in the 8th inning. He's only 1 for 8 in the series with 2 RBIs. He had a monster series in San Francisco to start off this road trip, but has not found Southern California to be as hospitable as Northern California. He's hitting from the left side for the first time today. Just like Grandal, he seems to do better from that side. The pitch, an outside slider, 1-0 the count. Yates throwing a lot of pitches for a guy who has gotten a reputation as being a pretty good closer. This is pitch number 20 here with two outs on the top in the ninth inning. He doesn't look very concerned. He's a very laid-back character on the mound. The pitch, swung on and fouled back, 1-1 the count. So the Blue Jays, that should be a fun series. That's another team with a winning record, just like the Padres had. Sox have risen to the occasion with teams that have winning records. They split with the Angels in Los Angeles. They took two out of three here from the Padres. They've also taken two out of three from the Indians and from the Twins in their only meetings with them. Struck out looking at an outside fastball. Garcia doesn't argue. White Sox will go into the dugout, pack their bags as they drop this game but win the series two games out of three against the San Diego Padres. And now we'll head back to Sweet Home Chicago, taking four out of six on this road trip. Nothing to hang your head about. You can't win them all. Remember, get the post game at SoxOn35th.com. They'll have a wrap-up, and they'll also have the box scores for today's game, but also statistics up and through today's matchup if you want to catch up on what all the players are doing on the White Sox. The win today goes to Joey Lucchese. Six innings pitched, five hits, two walks, seven strikeouts, one earned run. Dylan Cease takes the loss, four innings. Gave up seven hits and two walks, five strikeouts, four earned runs. Fernando Tatis Jr. is the player of the game for the Padres. Three for five with two home runs and a double. Both of them solo shots. Nick Madrigal, notable for the White Sox. Two for four with an RBI and a run scored. Abreu, one for three with a double and an RBI. Asmani Grandal, one for three with a walk. Luis Robert went 0 for three, but walked, stole the base, and scored one of the two runs that are up on the board. Two runs on seven hits only for the White Sox, and the error from Jimenez was not good enough to beat the seven runs on 14 hits that the Padres had. And before we get out of here, folks, we can now make the announcement following the game, the Chicago White Sox have optioned Jimmy Cordero back to AAA Charlotte and are recalling, bringing up to the major leagues, one Michael Kopech, who now will rejoin the White Sox after an injury, a surgery, and over a year away from his team. And I'm sure that young man is very excited. He has had a very, very good 
month of May. He had two starts after having a rough April down in AAA. And he struck out 14 over 14 innings and barely given up anything to anyone, including seven shutout in his last start. He was supposed to pitch last night. They held him out of that game. He's not pitching today, and he's already waiting for the team supposedly in Chicago. Now, they are listing tomorrow... The starter is TBD, to be determined. I believe the team wants to get back, speak with him about what their plans are. Gio Gonzalez would normally be the starter. What I'm hearing is it's possible they're both going to split the game up as Gonzalez has not been going deep in the games. And they still want to see what Kopech has and not put too much pressure on him. He's already had his debut with the White Sox, remember, in 2018. So we'll find all that out tomorrow in Chicago, Sox, Blue Jays. Thanks to my guest, James Fox, this weekend during the series. We hope to hear from my buddy Dave, and maybe we'll hear more about what's going on between MLB and MLBPA. For now, this 2020 White Sox simulated season and this game brought to you, as always, ever since opening day, each and every game from Cork and Carry at the Park at 33rd and Princeton, Grubhub or direct at CorkandCarryAtThePark.com. My name is Chris Lanuti, and you've been listening to Socks in the Basement, the podcast for fans, by fans, and found everywhere podcasts can be found, and always at SocksInTheBasement.com. Bye-bye, everybody. Socks in the Basement. Socks in the Basement. Socks in the Basement. Socks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found, and always on SocksInTheBasement.com.